What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Stay Focused Podcast, where the goal is to keep you focused on becoming the best you while staying in faith. I'm your host, Austin G. Morgan, and let me just tell you, it is an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to you guys once again for another week, keep you motivated, keep you inspired, keep you encouraged to push towards your dreams, your goals, your aspirations, and the life that you're truly trying to manifest. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the right attitude for a high altitude, okay? Let me run that by you again. We're going to be talking about the right attitude for a high altitude. Let me preface by saying this uh, in the words of my beloved pastor, your attitude determines your altitude. I'm going to say that for y'all one more time so you can hear me clearly when I tell you this. Your attitude determines your altitude. So guys, we're going to get right into the different ways to keep the right attitude or the different ways that I use to keep the right attitude. Rule number one, keep God first. There's absolutely no exception to that. The reason why you keep God first is because it unlocks that divine protection that you need. Listen, it's a lot going on in the world still. And you just really got to be careful. You never know who's really in your corner or not until you are faced with a battle. The one person who will never leave your corner, though, is God. Keeping God first is essential to your everyday life, and it's essential for where you're trying to get to. God has already predestined where exactly you're going to go. All you got to do is walk the path. He laid it out for you already. You just got to walk the path. That's why I'm telling you and encouraging you to keep God first or just even seek God to begin with. Because we go through this life and we try to figure everything out on our own. And having a self-righteous or trying to make yourself right attitude is not going to cut it. There were times where I kept trying to make myself right and I ended up becoming more anxious and worried and sad and depressed and angry. I felt all of these emotions because I just could not focus enough on the things that I was supposed to be doing and just giving it all to God. So when I started to keep him first... What that allowed me to do is not worry about the things that were out of my control. The things that were in my control, I knew and I know that he is continuing to make them right for me, but also so I can stay focused on getting to the path that I'm or getting to the destination that I'm trying to get to when it comes to my goals, my dreams, my aspirations and the life that I'm truly trying to manifest. So, again, that's rule number one, guys. Keep him first. No exceptions, no excuses. You just got to do it. Keep him first. I promise you, I would not be sharing this with you guys if I did not think and if I did not know that it was effective. Rule number two, stay humble, whether you are up or down. Never get too confident. Staying humble is so important to the life that you're trying to build because it will remind you that while you are going to the place or while you are working on getting to the place that you desire, you know that you're not better than the next person. Life is going to hit you regardless. And please, let's not confuse confidence with arrogance. It's good to be confident in yourself, to think highly of yourself. 
but do it in moderation. Making solid decisions with the right attitude will allow you to get to the high altitude. So that's rule number two, guys. Rule number three, positive affirmations and daily words of encouragement. Positive affirmations and your daily words of encouragement, you say that for yourself. You don't say that for anybody else. You say that to block out anybody else who can be providing that negative energy or that negative spirit that does not need to sit within your spirit or reside within your spirit. Has there ever been a time where you went to work or you went to school and your day started off wonderful? I mean, like, great. Woke up on the right side of the bed, brushed your teeth, got your fresh clothes on, and you get to school, you get to work, and there's always like a negative Nancy, for lack of a better term, comes around and they just kind of like, they're just a a ball or a bubble of just negativity. You know, you say those positive affirmations and those daily words of encouragement to keep your mind frame in the right place. So that way you can stay focused on those goals while you're at school or trying to get promoted when you're at work or trying to reach that certain level of success while you're at work. Positive affirmations and daily words of encouragement have helped me in such a way that I can now say that I am more confident in myself and my abilities and my gifts and my talents that God placed on my life. So that way I can uh, be able to be a blessing to those around me and to people who don't even know me. They may not work the first day, the first week, maybe the first month, but you have to do it continually. If you do it continually, you actually start believing it. Once you believe it, you can conceive it. Once you conceive it, you can manifest it. Once you manifest it, now you're in that high altitude because the positive affirmation and the daily words of encouragement gave you the right attitude. It formed the right attitude in your mind to be able to get to that higher altitude that you needed to get to. Just try them out one day. You can say, um, I am beautiful. I am handsome. I am smart. I am more than a conqueror. God loves me. I love God. I know that I can do this. Those are pretty concrete and very simple examples of the daily words of encouragement that you can tell yourself every day. You can do it in phrases. It's completely up to you. But the goal is you have to start saying them. You have to start doing them. You have to start incorporating them into your mind now because you'll thank yourself later down the road when you have a crisis or maybe a traumatic experience or something, some obstacle comes your way, you can immediately remind yourself how to respond to that situation, which brings me to rule number four. Assess the situation. Know that every battle is not yours to handle. Any situation you find yourself in, assess it. You really got to Put yourself in the right frame of mind to understand that, okay, is this my battle to fight? Is this the Lord's battle to fight? Is it anybody's battle to fight? Should I just walk away or should I embrace this head on? When you really pause and say, okay, what brought me to this decision? What brought me to this situation where now I have to make a decision based upon what's currently going on within that situation? Once that happens, it's either fight or flight. And if you were happen, if you just so happen to walk away, 
please, and I'ma really stress this. Don't ever think you a punk or a coward or uh that you're weak because you decided to walk away from something that you put in your mind to say that this battle was not mine. You are actually stronger by walking away from a situation that probably would have made you angry and could have changed the outcome of your it could have changed the outcome of your whole environment. Again, the title of this episode is Right Attitude, High Altitude. You want to get to the highest altitude that you've ever been in? You got to stay focused. You got to stay humble. You got to keep this right attitude. You don't have to blow up at everything that happens to you. You don't. It's not necessary. I promise you it's not. Some things you can literally just walk away and be like, okay, I'll give you that. You may have won that battle, but you're not going to win the war. And the reason why you're not going to win the war is because you're going to tire yourself out from being so negative. It's that simple. You just got to assess the situation, guys, and understand that every battle that you go through in life is not yours to handle. Number five, and this kind of is a continuation to number four. As you assess the situation, check yourself when you feel disrespected. Now, this is really where humility comes in at. People are going to challenge y'all, okay? People are going to push your buttons. They're going to test you and all that stuff. And some people were, will be so ignorant that they're going to start disrespecting you blatantly. Check yourself. And as you're checking yourself when you feel disrespected, assess that situation again. And tell yourself that every battle is not mine to fight. It's not mine to handle. So that's rule number five, guys. This last rule that I want to give y'all is something that I'm going to be including in the testimonial time shortly. Three simple words. Stop, think, act. Stop, think, and act. The reason why I had this as the last one is because it kind of ties in all of the ones that we've been talking about so far. So just a quick recap. We're keeping God first. Absolutely no exceptions with that. You staying humble when you're, whether you're up or down, making sure that you're never getting too confident. You got the positive affirmations and daily words of encouragement. Now, I'm going to go back really quick to the never get too confident because I want to make sure that I'm very clear on that. It is okay to be super confident in yourself. It is not okay to be so confident in yourself that you start to demean other people who are not confident in themselves the way that you are yet. Use that confidence that you have to build up other people's confidence. That's how you win and that's how you get to that higher altitude and keep by keeping the right attitude of confidence. And that's why you got to stay humble. Going back again, so we got positive affirmations, daily words of encouragement. We're assessing the situation, knowing that every battle is not ours to handle. And we're checking ourselves when we feel disrespected. Again, this last one, stop thinking act. It's three simple words that can take you so far. Stop. Assess the situation. Check yourself when you feel disrespected. Think about it. Okay, exactly what am I to do in this situation? Once you stop and think on what it is that's going to keep you moving forward in the right direction and keeping that right attitude, then that's when you act. A lot of times we act before we think instead of thinking before we act. We got to change that. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been guilty of doing that time and time again. I want to, and you know, what's funny now that I'm thinking about it. I want to preference by saying this too. There is a reason 
why God gave us two ears and one mouth. When you stop to think about something, that means you're listening. You're tuning in to see what it is that is going on in the situation or how exactly you're feeling disrespected. When you stop to think, you're using your ears. You're not using your mouth. You shouldn't be talking. When you act, a lot of times when you act, that's when you start talking. So a lot of people are using their mouths before they're listening. When they should be listening instead of uh, talking so quickly. Scripture declares that you are to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Again, it's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. He wants you to listen more than you talking. Some of y'all are probably talking right now during this podcast. Go ahead and hush. Listen to what I'm telling you, because what I'm telling you is going to be beneficial to your life. I'm telling you. Take it from a person who has plenty of experience in this. I used to act out before I talked. Now I like to really hear what someone is telling me and try my best to assess the situation. And then I speak and give my feedback or my opinion if they're asking for it. Stop, think, and act, guys. Stop, think, act. All right, guys, it's testimonial time. So I want to say maybe five years ago, um, I was working downtown as a hospitality ambassador for the city of Detroit. And what that meant was I would um, serve as an information resource for tourists, uh, business owners of downtown Detroit, and uh, people who actually lived down there as well. If they needed directions to a certain place, if they needed to get to a certain destination within a certain time, how quickly can they get there, that type of thing. We also provided cleaning services as well. So we we and the company that I worked for really helped, uh, assisted with the beautification of downtown Detroit as it is now. So while I was working there, I had just started and everything, and they put me down at uh, Campus Marshes Park. I'm not sure if a guy, uh, a lot of you are familiar with it, but Campus Marshes Park is probably the most one of the most prominent parks in downtown Detroit. It's where a lot of tourists go to visit, and uh, it's a really nice place to be. That's where they do um, a lot of the events that you see all over the news for downtown. They have like a lot of uh, seasonal events that they have going on. But nevertheless, there was uh, the manager that I had at the time. He saw me down there doing my thing, working. And usually, like any other job, it would be like an eight-hour eight shift. This particular day, the main team leader who would be down at campus marshes in the evening could not be there. He unfortunately had a family emergency. And so they needed somebody to fill in for this uh, black doctor's event that was going on in the grassy area of Campus Marshes Park where they do the concerts and stuff. And so they needed quite a bit of staff, but they were actually very short on staff. So my manager was looking for anybody to just help fill in. And because I had already been working down there so much and really adapted to what was going on at Campus Marshes, I volunteered. I said, you know, I, it's not a problem. I can do it. Immediately, he was like, well, I don't think that you can do it. So I challenged him. I said, well, why not? He said, well, you know, you just got here. You just started working. And I just don't think that you'll be up for the task. I said, okay. You may not think so, but I know that I am. I'm like, at this point, you're just going to have to trust me. If I fail, then that's on me. But if I actually do good, then that's a win-win for everyone. 
you look good, I look good, the park looks good, everyone enjoys me, we're good to go. He said, okay, I'm going to give you a chance. Now, I was, he, and then he told me he would let me know that it was a 12-hour shift. Even though it was a 12-hour shift, I still would have to clean up everything before I left. I said, okay, no problem. I was already designed to work from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. The event itself did not start until about 6 p.m. So I'm doing my daily business. Make a long story short, it's time for the event to start. After a certain period of time, I want to say like maybe 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock, things start to get really heavy. It's a lot of people down there. They're drinking. They're having a good time. So my goal is to make sure that the tables stay clean, the trash is continually pulled. If they have questions about anything, I let them know. I really just, I'm just a servant at this point. The young lady who was over uh, she was the director of Campus Marshes Park. She asked me if I had any help. And I said, unfortunately, I won't have any help for the rest of the evening. It'll just be me. She asked me what I'd be able to handle. I said, yeah, no problem. In the back of my mind, I'm slightly worried because I've never done an event at that big of a capacity when it came to the amount of people that were there, the amount of uh, tasks that I had to handle. And so I was a little nervous. But I couldn't show her that because I need her to trust me. So that way I can get to the place where as she trusts me, she can allow me to be able to yield a promotion or be able to do more things. And I can actually train people to do what it is that I did. So I told her it's no problem. I got it. She said, okay, perfect. She stayed around for maybe like an hour, hour and a half. I want to say maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock comes around. And she tells me that she's leaving for the night. I said, okay, no problem. Hope you had a great time. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night. Things start to get more hectic by 1130 midnight. Now, everything stops at 1230, I believe. And when it stopped at 1230, I mean, there was trash everywhere. Tables, some tables were knocked over. I mean, it looked like it looked like a bull had just ran through and just like kind of ransacked the place. One of my duties, like I told you, was to clean up behind everyone and make sure that the park looked brand spanking new for the next day or for the next shift in the morning. So I did all of that, knocked it all out. It took me maybe two hours to knock everything out by myself. And thankfully, I had the late night crew um, who comes down to power wash. They came down and they assisted with the trash. Now we have these two giant gondolas. So a, a gondola, if you guys don't know, is like a giant trash can on wheels where you can like push and like dump trash in and you put it to a certain location. I had did everything that I that was asked of me per my manager at the time. Power washing guys helped me load up the trash onto the gondolas. There were two gondolas filled with trash and I put them in a corner across the street in a place that's known as Cadillac Square because the other dumpsters around the corner will fool. And so I just figured that if I just leave the gondolas right there, the first morning crew, all they would have to do is just dump the trash and everything would be good as new. Go to bed. I'm super tired. I have to be back at work at 11 a.m. So I get there relatively early, about 10 a.m. the next morning. My manager immediately sees me, tells me to come to his office. Let me tell y'all, I'm thinking that I'm like, okay, it's about to be something good. Like he's about to tell me, like, you know, you did a really good job. I appreciate you. You can go ahead and go to work. 
you know, just some type of positive reinforcement. I get into his office and he tells me, listen, I hear the night went great. They said you did a really great job. The only thing that I have an issue with is that you did not dump the trash. And I thought to myself, I really had to assess the situation at that point and say, is this my battle to fight right now? I said, well, the reason why I did not dump the trash is because the trash bins were already full. Immediately, he snapped at me and said, you could have put it somewhere else. You just had it out in the open. And I said, no, I did not have it out in the open because the team leader of the night crew said that I could leave it here and that they would just take care of it in the morning. He said, you've done enough work. I saw you over here working by yourself. He said, I wish we could have helped, but we had our own duties to do. He was like, but you handle it. We'll take care of the, we'll make sure that the trash is taken care of by the morning. I said, okay, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yet my manager saw something different. So that bothered me. Let me tell y'all how good God is. At this point, I'm immediately upset and disappointed that this is how my day is going to start. My manager is mad at me for doing a really great job, but because I missed one detail, he has a problem. So again, I had to check myself because I feel disrespected. I go down to Campus Marshes. The minute I get down there, the lady who I told y'all is the director of Campus Marshes Park told me, well, asked me immediately and said, you're back already? With a smile on her face and winked at me. At that point, I knew in her mind, you did a really good job all by yourself. You did something that is team leader status. You did something that just shows that you are a leader. You are efficient. You are determined to get the job done by any means necessary, even if you have to do it alone. When she saw that, she asked me, how did they respond to it at the job? Uh, at the job, And I said, well, to be honest, everybody responded pretty well. I didn't even tell on my manager. You know, because I knew that he was kind of going to take his own self out. And that's why I tell you guys, when you have when you're dealing with somebody who is just negative or just always has something to nitpick you on, just just let it play out, because eventually they always let themselves go. I promise you guys, two days later. My manager was fired and we were finding a new manager during that time period. So that let me know that because I decided to keep God first and not blow up at my manager and lose my job, because I stayed humble and didn't get too confident, I was confident that I can do the job, even though I was slightly worried. I stayed humble enough to know that at the end of the day, I still have to do this job. And the fact that I'm encouraging myself, like, okay, Austin, I know you're tired, but it's almost over. You just got a couple more hours, clean this up, sing some songs in your head, do something to kind of keep you upbeat until you finish your task. I assessed the situation with my manager after the fact when he tried to blatantly disrespect me and realized that it wasn't my battle to handle and I left it alone. And because I checked myself and wasn't disrespected, they yielded a higher altitude with the right attitude that I had. Because what happened for me is that not only did she respect me more, but that opened the door. That opened the door for so many more opportunities for me at that park alone and at other parks. I was actually able to start training other people on how to make sure that the park and surrounding areas looked great 
and how to really exude that customer service attitude that you need when you're down here being a hospitality ambassador. And because I stopped, thought about it, and acted on everything that happened within that night, it yielded a right result for me. And as you can see, for the manager at that time, God bless him, I hope he's doing well at the end of the day, it allowed him to get fired because he was being so negative towards somebody who was just trying to help. With that being said, guys, that has been another episode of the Stay Focused Podcast. I hope at some point in time I said something that it, that blessed you. I'm hoping that it allowed you to be able to comprehend and understand. I hope that you were educated enough to where you can apply any one of those ways to keep the right attitude, to keep you moving forward in the right direction towards your goals, dreams, aspirations, and the life that you truly want to manifest. I just want to recap really one more time on those six ways that I, in order to keep the right attitude, we got to keep God first, absolutely no exceptions, stay humble whether you're up or down and never get too confident, positive affirmations and daily words of encouragement, assessing the situation and realizing that every battle was not yours to handle, checking yourself when you feel disrespected, and that last one, stop, think, act. I want to thank you guys so much for listening in. If you made it this far, I greatly appreciate you. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the Stay Focused podcast. And feel free to write a review as well if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything. I'm open to constructive criticism. At the same time, I'm hoping that it blessed one of you guys or a few of you guys that are listening currently. And of course, every time I wrap up, I always like to leave you guys with a Bible scripture and or a motivational quote of the week. This week, I only have a Bible scripture to keep you moving forward. And it's very um, aligned with everything that I just talked about. So this Bible scripture comes from the book of Matthew. And that's chapter five, verse five. And it reads on this wise, blessed are the meek, meek meaning those who have their strength under control. And let me preface by saying this as well. In the words of my beloved pastor, meekness is not weakness. It is strength under control. So don't think that because you decide to walk away from a situation, you decide to humble yourself that you are weak. Again, meekness is not weakness. It is strength under control. I'm going to read that one more time. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What that tells me is that as long as I stay humble, as long as I keep the right attitude, the high altitude will come in its due season. It will come when it's time to come. But I got to stay focused enough to remain humble and keep that right attitude. So one day I will reach the high altitude that I'm aiming and striving to go to. You guys can follow me on my social media pages. On Facebook, it's Austin G. Morgan. And on Instagram, it's underscore Austin G. Morgan. Again, guys, that has been another episode of the Stay Focused Podcast, where the goal is to keep you focused on becoming the best you while staying in faith. Again, I'm your host, Austin G. Morgan. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll see you next week. Have a good day and be blessed. And of course, stay focused.